Hey, it's Liz Kelly. Here's what's going on at The Ringer for the next couple of days. Every Sunday night on The Ringer NFL Show, Robert Mays and Kevin Clark will be breaking down everything you need to know from the full slate of games and will be ready for your Monday commute. For even more NFL content, Roger Sherman is writing about the week one NFL winners and losers. And lastly, you can read Kevin O'Connor's take on the most underrated NBA offseason editions on our site, theringer.com. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from theringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, a.k.a. <laughs> Kevin O'Climber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Candyland. What? Kevin! <laughs> Berno, I missed you so much. How are you Where doing? Where have you been? Uh, on a long, long vacation hiatus in Los Where? Angeles, and I uh, went home to Massachusetts to see my parents at the end of it. Went to a lot of shows. Met some new friends. It was a really, really good month. Wait, so you just took off work and you were right down the street? (laughs) (laughs) I had a staycation in LA. Yeah, I explored, went to some shows, met new people. It was good. It was a really fulfilling month, Chris. It was. uh, Oh, I'm glad you made friends. I did. I mean, I'm new in the city and I met friends outside of work, which was great. Yeah, because once you yeah. once you had moved there, I mean, outside of work, there's very little opportunity, given you had buried your head in your work there, to just like meet people sure. and make some friends, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, give me give in terms of the whole uh, going around L.A. and seeing it, because uh, it's really like the first time that you've had a break in the action where you could just go and do this kind of stuff, staycation, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> give me three things that you went and got to see or do that you quite loved? Well, I mean, I think in terms of exploring, it was more limited. Uh, I spent a day at Santa Monica, and that was really relaxing just to walk around, people watch and do all that out there. Went to some shows, went to the Troubadour. I saw Mount Joy there and Joey Dosick. Both shows were Oh, I saw you had a picture with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. What are you doing hanging out with Kiefer Sutherland? (laughs) Kiefer Sutherland was at the Mount Joy show. So what? I mean, mean, he didn't want to be bothered by you. (laughs) Well, he loved the band. And we were just hanging out a little bit after the show. Talking to Matt, Matt Quinn, uh, lead singer, lead guitarist of the band, and Kiefer Sutherland, you just kind of went in and took the picture with him. It was great. No, no, no. What, how cool. are you hanging out with them? Did you know anybody that I, knew him? I wasn't hanging out with Kiefer. Oh. He was probably just hanging out with the band at the end of the show. And I was talking to Matt, the lead guy, and we just took a photo with Kiefer. It was sports, music, and movies intersecting all at once. Unbelievable. The Kiefer was interesting. It, it was really cool seeing him. I mean, I used to have an email, Chris, when I was a kid. Like I was 12 years old, 13 years old. I mean, email. Jack Bauer is God at hotmail.com. It's one of my first emails. I'm going to let that breathe. It's okay. I'm going to let that breathe and let everybody think about Anybody that. Anybody who know, watched 24 knows Jack Bauer is God. Jack Bauer is God at Hotmail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it still uh, I don't know. active? I don't think so. I'm going to send an email to it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Bauer is God at hotmail.com. I tell you this, hey, to back you up, not on the ridiculous email address, but on the fact that Jack Bauer, for that moment in time, that was the biggest show going, number one. It was number two. That was one of those that I caught on to late. That feels like, for me, the beginning of the binge watch stuff. 
because this is before everything was streaming and whatnot, but I went and like bought the seasons at a store. I was going to have time to kill. I was in between jobs. And that was one of those that was like, I could not go to bed at night if I started watching them because of the way it was set up. Every episode ended in a cliffhanger and I burned through those first three or four seasons like it was nothing. I loved that show. It was fantastic. President Palmer ones. Yeah. Oh, I mean, whatever I mean, happened I mean, to his daughter? Well, David Palmer is the best president in our lifetime, of course. Yeah. Whatever happened to his daughter, Eliza Cuthbert or whatever? I liked I her know. too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, yeah, that, that was a cool week seeing Kiefer, aka Jack Bauer. All right. So you got, it, you got, the, you went to concerts, you went to Santa yeah. Monica, anything else? Yeah. That same week, I saw this artist called Amy Ahn, and she was played at a poetry lounge. And I hung poetry around a little bit. Po- yeah, I hung around at the poetry lounge after it was actually pretty cool. What <laughs> is a people- poetry lounge? Hey, people just sit around and uh, read poetry. Yeah, people went on stage and read their own poems. It was really oh, cool. Good. Yeah. I cannot imagine Chris, anything that it's would bore your me scene. more. It's your <laughs> no, scene, Chris. It's, it's literally the antithesis of my scene. I haven't gone back since, but I think I will at some point. It was just really cool. That was a good week for shows. Mount so, Joy, yo, you were moved by their Dossick. poetry. Yeah, honestly. Some of them were pretty powerful and some of them were funny. Some of them were like, what are you doing on stage right now? When people were openly nervous, everybody was supportive in the crowd. It was a nice atmosphere. It was cool. Oh, it sounds incredibly boring. Hey, Chris, you know, if you're in LA, <laughs> this is going to be the number one thing on your personal list. I know it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go, go see a poetry I lounge. Go, I want to go watch people uh, do their poetry <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, you'd love it. It was a good month, Chris. How about you? What have you uh, been up to? A good month, you say? I've been working like normal people, Kevin. I don't get to just walk no, away for a month. No, but I mean, <laughs> August overall was a good month. Mm. It was just a good month for meeting people. Yeah. I tell you this. I went, I went to New York City on a trip. And I did have an absolutely great time. I I'm love going to New York. And, you know, there is a thing. The first uh, eight years of my life, I grew up outside of New York City. My dad worked there. And then we moved to St. Louis when I was a kid. And so I intermittently over the years, I've gone back just a few times. And obviously it changes every time. But the whole thing about, you know, New Yorkers, you know, being rude or people from the North. I, I mean, maybe it was just lucky. I don't know. Maybe things have changed. I swear, everybody I came across was so nice there. It was weird because I've experienced it too. You know what I mean? Where people are in a rush and they're not exactly making eye contact and making small talk with you or whatever else, especially when you come from the South. What I'm used to is everybody being so hospitable. But I mean, everybody was nice the whole time there. You brought that Southern charm up there, Chris. I think I did. Your positive energy was just resonating. I think I must have. But anyways, yeah, no. So I guess that was the only trip I think I went on. I went there. I didn't take any trips aside from going home. I saw my parents and saw some friends. It was good. And watched some poetry. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, we've had a month off. There has been some stuff that has taken place. Every once in a while, you would pop in on Twitter. Certainly you did when your beloved sons made a trade. The sons make this boner trade and you come in defending their honor <laughs> of, the, uh, of, the, of the bright future sons. Oh, come on. As they made their deal and they traded for a guy they could have drafted just a couple months ago. Somehow they're the ones that took on Ryan Anderson. And boy, I'll tell you this, Kev, you are really going into rarefied air being the guy that capes for Ryan Anderson and the guy who capes for Dwight Howard. I just wonder, do the old Magic teams like have a special place in your heart or something? No, they don't. I'm not caping for either of those guys. Howard's getting paid $5.3 million, and Ryan Anderson is a solid player. 
for the regular season. <laughs> There's nothing else to say about him. It's all I'm saying. He's a great player. He's going to change the future of the Suns. He's just a solid regular season player. And they dumped the Brandon Knight contract. Well, Brandon Knight, I mean, it's possible he might be able to play. Yeah, it's possible. We know Ryan Anderson can play in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Here's what we know. If you're going to be playing Ryan Anderson, I'm Why not going to ride you too about much. Ryan Anderson, <laughs> well, because you were stupid to defend this trade. Oh. They, they, the stupid Phoenix Suns are the only ones that would have taken that crap on uh. and not gotten a first rounder Why? out of the deal or something. Okay, who's who's not playing? By the way, Trevor Ariza, Devin Booker. You're not going to play Josh Jackson. You're not going to play T.J. Warren. Where are these guys playing? <laughs> Where are these guys playing? If you're playing Ryan Anderson. Uh. Devin Booker is going to be out for training camp, yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah. Good thing they got Ryan Anderson. Kevin O. McDonough. Tell us about Devin Booker, Chris. Huh? Devin Booker. He had to, he had to have surgery. I guess uh, they said his hand got messed up, and it got to the point where he's going to have to have surgery. And so we don't have a definitive timeline on him yet. We are recording this on a Monday for release on Tuesday. So as of recording, there has not been a definitive timeline, but... They just gave him what 150 million something in the offseason, got the big deal. So here's hoping for their sake that they are able to have Devin Booker at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the timeline could possibly be on a hand injury that you have to have surgery on, but you obviously don't want to lose awesome players at the beginning of the year before the season ever even starts. And he's gonna be down for a while. That's for sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, this is disappointing considering the fact that it was a hand injury that went back to last season. I, I know Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the right hand, quote, swelled up recently. So mm-hmm. that's why they had to have the surgery. Did you see the conspiracy theory on Reddit? No. About his injury? So about 30 minutes after the news went out, I believe it was, Devin Booker put up an Instagram story of him riding a bike with no handlebars. He was riding a bike with no handlebars? I mean, his hands weren't on the handles. That seems unwise. <laughs> it's just pretty right? good timing. Uh, I don't know about good timing. I mean, I, right? I mean, for us, the consumers, not for him. Yeah. So that's how he hurt his hand, you're saying? Well, I mean, that's the conspiracy theory. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. It's not like people don't ride bikes without hands. It's not an unusual thing. Yeah. Mm. But it's interesting nonetheless. I don't know how he hurt his hand, but hand surgery, obviously not a good deal for him. Other things that have happened since we last spoke include uh, Rodney Hood. He finally signed. There was a deal for Rodney Hood. Now, this summer, as we wrap it all up, Kev, we do have to think back and go, when we were having all our discussion about what, what do you think that guy gets? And what do you think that guy gets? Right. There were clearly guys that as the summer went on, the money got swept up. And I mean, I thought Rodney Hood would get a double digit deal, didn't you? I thought he would get over 10 million from somebody. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's I did. He's all right. He didn't finish the year strong at all, really. Yeah, but I mean, you saw money being thrown around at the very beginning. And I get it that some guys got short term deals. And so that money got thrown around. But I thought Rodney Hood, given his age and given his level of ability, might be able to get himself a good contract, even if it was a short term contract. But there he is. And there's a bunch of guys here at the end. When it's all said and done, there's a bunch of guys that are going to play out next year. So there's a lot of risk, number one, right? When they're playing on the qualifying offers. And number two, there's going to be a lot of guys back in the heap that are going to be trying to get that money the next time around. Some of it was probably miscalculation 
from agents. And some of it was there just wasn't money there anymore, right? You look around and the money's not left and teams don't want to be in the luxury tax. And so you just go ahead and re-sign with Cleveland is what he's going to do. And so we're going to have a lot of guys that are were free agents that we talked about and they're going to go back into free agency. Yeah, and a lot of guys, some of those guys are betting on themselves, including Rodney Hood, and it's probably a wise thing to do for him, right? Where, you know, obviously without LeBron James in Cleveland, he'll have more opportunity to shine, obviously. And that goes without saying, you know, but with Rodney Hood, so much of it has always been health and availability. He hasn't really been a guy you can rely on. He either has suffered injuries that keep him out of the lineup or injuries that take him out of a game. A lot of nagging lower leg injuries over the course of his career going back to college at Mississippi State and then at Duke. He's always had a lot of injuries, so that's never gone away for him. If he manages to have an incredibly healthy season, maybe it's worth the risk for him um, because it's not like he's not going to get some level of money anyway. But to your point, Chris, about guys testing free agency next summer, like it's going to be the same thing. Like Some guys are going to get paid, but there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to get screwed again. Yeah, it feels like we have kind of moved into the mode of the guys that are going to get paid like a lot of money, get paid a lot of money. And then the other guys, like that middle class of guys, there's less mistakes, whereas somebody would have said, oh, we're going to throw a ton of money at Rodney Hood. You could find Rodney Hood or at least production wise a decent replica of Rodney Hood for a lot less money than probably what he thought he was worth, right? And so you kind of have the the guys that get paid a lot, and then you've got the guys that don't get paid all that much. But the middle guys, there's going to be, it feels like, the, the ones that kill you, the Ryan Andersons that make $20 million, right? Those are the big mistakes. And maybe they'll never learn, and the next time the cap goes up, we'll see that happen all over again, and we'll go, that much money for that guy? On the other yeah. hand, it feels like less of that is happening Less of that happened this offseason because there's guys that we would consider good players. Rodney Hood is a perfect candidate of, of somebody that would get overpaid by a team. And the yeah. money just wasn't there. And it might not be next summer either, right? Like there's going to be around 500 something million dollars in cap space next summer. That sounds like a ton until you realize how quickly it's going to evaporate going to KD, to Clay Thompson, to Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're going to have extensions for up for guys like Carl Anthony Towns, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, even rookie extension candidates. And there's going to be a lot of money that dries up quickly. So I think a lot of those guys in the Rodney Hood class, some are going to get paid, some it's going to work out for. Others it's not. Obviously, for Rodney Hood, this is probably the most important season of his career. That's for certain. And he should be able to put up numbers on that Cleveland team. He should. Should, yeah. I think so. Who else is going to put the ball in the bucket? You got Colin Sexton. You got Kevin Love. Kevin Love. (laughs) I mean, Jordan Clarkson. Nance may be able to get some points, you know, but he's he's never going to be a huge points guy. No, of course not. He's a pick and roll. You know, he's gonna throw down lobs for you. You know, running pick Sam and roll. Sam Decker. With... Sam Decker get buckets. You don't agree? No, I don't. You don't agree? <laughs> no, I you don't, don't agree with Sam Decker no, getting uh, buckets? No, I mean, no? look, man, like J.R. Smith, Rodney Hood. I would think Kevin Love will be, obviously be your number one, and then maybe Rodney Hood could be your second option behind that. It's a good opportunity for him. There's no yeah, doubt that's what about I'm that. Yeah, no you doubt. You probably put up pretty good numbers on that team. Somebody's got to score every night. Um, Anthony Davis switched agents. And the reason we need to talk about this is because it sent off signals to a lot of people that if he's switching agents, that this increases the likelihood that the Anthony Davis New Orleans marriage will not be for long. When you saw the story that he was switching agents, is that what ran through your head? Is that what you thought? 
you know, I, I texted a couple executives about this. Does AD switching agents have anything to do with what happens for his future? And the response was pretty mixed. You know, one person pretty much said, if it's clutch, yes. <laughs> another, another person said, no, it really doesn't make a difference. It all depends on how New Orleans performs moving forward. And, and I ultimately fall on that side where, yeah, if it's clutch, it makes you think, you know, LA or another big market could be a likely option for him, but it kind of wasn't that already the mindset anyway. Doesn't it ultimately just have to do with how the New Orleans Pelicans perform as a basketball team? If they continue making strides, if Julius Randle elevates his game and him and Anthony Davis really click at a high level, if Drew Holiday continues excelling, maybe staying in New Orleans and signing that gigantic $200 plus million contract extension is what he decides to do if the Pelicans are a winning team. And like he said earlier this year, after Kevin Garnett said that he wishes that he had left Minnesota earlier to pursue championships, AD said, you know, when you hear stuff like that, it makes you think, I wonder if I'm following the same path. I'm paraphrasing. But uh, those comments gave an inside look at what he's thinking. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to how the New Orleans Pelicans perform. Brian Windhorst and Ramona Shelburne teamed up on a story on this. And in their particular story, while people have opined that maybe it could be Rich Paul of Clutch Sports and the LeBron gang, that in fact, they are the leading contender to represent him. And so, right, this is cause and effect. He had a long-term agent. The Supermax is looming. He's going to leave him. And his okay. agent played a role. And, you know, obviously he represents Russell Westbrook. Right, Russell Westbrook was one of the stars who stayed in a small market, taking the big money deal. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that angle. So that this guy had actually advised. Well, at least we know that he represents, he represents a star that stuck yeah. it out. Yes, exactly. In a different place, exactly. and so now everybody seems to think it is likely that he will sign with Clutch Sports. And if he does, then that is going to mean that. Anthony Davis is not for long in New Orleans. I mean, and it, then it doesn't mean that necessarily. Inevitably, people will bring up the Lakers, right? The Lakers were already brought no, up. People though, bring know? up the Lakers, right? Yeah, it's been a thing for a couple of years now already. It's nothing new. Pelicans fans have been having to deal with that yeah, for they a while. They kind of have LeBron now. there now. Yeah, no kidding. And so the, <laughs> yes. the marriage between. Yeah, but then yeah, they well, could I'm also saying the mirror, like now it's a different thing with Rich Paul. But the Lakers could also use their cap space next summer and not have any for Davis's free agency or they would have to trade for him. Mm-hmm. It's theoretically possible if you're the Lakers that you could get, you could sign, you know, a max free agent next summer and trade for an Anthony Davis, but the Pelicans would also have to be willing to dance to do that as well. Well, and here's the thing. The Pelicans have not done a great job of maximizing the Anthony Davis era. I mean, they have had him now for the amount of time they have. I don't think that I have ever seen a better player play in the playoffs less. I'm not kidding. Over the course of the first, whatever, seven years of their careers. It's a shame. I mean, it is what it is. He has played a long time in New Orleans. He got to play that one year against the Warriors. And then last year, right? It's the only time they've been in playoff teams. I mean, it's really a shame. I was just talking with Justin Barrier and Danny Chow. You know, we were talking about AD and it's, it's a shame that this guy is putting up these. He had this historic run last season. One of the best big men of the decade. Obviously, listeners of this show and like people who are on NBA Twitter know how incredible Anthony Davis is, but it's, it's really a shame that he hasn't really been thrust into the spotlight where a casual fan sees Anthony Davis is playing on national TV because they're not on national TV that much. They're not in the playoffs. Fans that are more casual aren't getting an opportunity to see this incredible, great player who has been great for years now, 
but continues to get better. His basketball IQ has improved over the years. He's continued to stretch his game out, and his defense has not regressed. (laughs) It's really remarkable what, what Anthony Davis has become. Listen, if you lined up every player in the NBA on a wall and did a draft, and like it's everybody just drafting their own team, everybody's just available, right? And the first pick goes to LeBron. I would not think it's insane if somebody took Davis second. I'm serious. I would not think it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're starting a franchise, you might take AD first, right, because of his age at 25. But if you're taking a, you know, something to win a game today, yeah. LeBron, I mean, that's LeBron. how good he is, though. We both agree he is an amazing talent. Oh, of course. I mean, if you don't agree, I'm not sure what you're watching. And this is what can happen, because people will bust you up and say, well, it'd be so great. How come he's not in the playoffs? Whatever. He cannot give the ball to himself. I mean, this has been a tenant that I've talked about a lot of times. There have been all manner of great players that are either power forwards or possibly centers that, I mean, they can't give themselves the ball. If you don't have the ball in your hands, you are so reliant upon the rest of your team. Unlike, I mean, I obviously hold it against guys that have the ball all the time more if they're the key guys on their team and they don't win big. But when you are at the mercy of, you know, your teammates, it's a little different deal. And so it's obviously a great comp with Garnett. Now, Garnett, in fairness, he, they got to play deep into the West playoffs the one time when he had the Sprewell Cassell team. But he didn't win as much as Kevin Garnett should have won in Minnesota. No, that's never goes without saying. And you don't want to look back and regret it. No, and AD has to be thinking that. And that's why I think, regardless of the agent, ultimately it's going to come down to how the New Orleans Pelicans perform the next two seasons or just the next season if like they really struggle this year to the point where it's like, you know what, I want out now. I'd be worried if I were a Pelicans fan. I'm super paranoid about that because really the team, like on paper, they're not bad this year. Really, I think they have an interesting roster with Nikola Meritich. They can play, you know, with a stretch four or with Julius Randle. They can play a little bit bigger. They have lineup versatility. Drew Holiday is really, really good. Etwan Moore has been a solid player at the two for them. They have some nice players. It's just the West is stacked. Will they even make the playoffs? Anthony Davis is going to, again, have to carry them to the playoffs like he has had to in the, in the past. Yeah. And Rondo was good for them last year. He I mean, was. you read all yeah. those stories about yep. the impact that he had calling out defenses and like he was for kind sure. of a coach on the floor and Rondo was good for them. He yeah. was. That can't be overlooked. Better right? than I thought he was going to be. Can't be overlooked. The loss of Rondo. Very important to have a guy like that. And they're not going to have him. All right. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tom Thibodeau getting the old band back together and also Kevin O'Connor's article on the most underrated acquisitions of the NBA offseason. We'll do that after these words. Show today is brought to you by Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. To renew your prescription with Simple Contacts, all you need is your current contacts, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. The doctor's office is now wherever you are. After you take a five-minute Simple Contacts vision test online, it'll be reviewed by a licensed doctor, and you'll receive a renewed prescription to reorder your contacts. 
Contacts. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around and find your lenses at the best price. The vision test is only 20 bucks, and standard shipping is free. This isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need to do those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. To get $20 off your first order of contacts, go to simplecontacts.com slash NBA or enter code NBA at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash NBA or enter code NBA at checkout for $20 off your first order. Kevin, Tom Thibodeau is getting back the old squad. Yes! The Minnesota Timberwolves. It has been reported today that Luau Deng is going to sign a deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And therefore, Thibodeau... Listen, Noah is out there. Yes! And surely the Knicks would give give, give him up. They got to figure out a way to get Noah back there. And then they could just put together the old Bulls team with Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler. What's Heinrich doing? I know he retired. Let's get him back in there. Come on, baby. Let's get it done. Heinrich's like, come on. All right, so got Heinrich. They got to get Joe Noah. And obviously, they've got uh, a Luau Deng that is going to be... Oh boy, Tom Thibodeau putting together this Minnesota team that now has a bunch of his old players from the Bulls on it. Had Taj and Derrick Rose. Got Scalabrini out of retirement. Ashik should be available soon enough. Ronnie Brewer. In all seriousness, this is the kind of thing we joke about, right? <laughs> um, yeah. like the, you know what I mean? And then it comes to fruition. And by the way, Outside of Butler, like, I don't know if any of those guys, like, I guess these guys don't blame him, right, for being run into the ground. But, like, Luol Deng should still have a career going, like a legitimate one. Well, well he does. And, he just got signed. No, I know. And Joakim Noah, too. I mean, these guys are not that old. But, I mean, there is a sentiment that he ran guys into the ground. Derrick Rose notwithstanding. And so, you know, they obviously like Tibbs. I legitimately look forward to seeing Luol Deng. I do. I'm not sure what, what he has left. I mean, he last we saw him, he wasn't anything special with the Lakers during the 16-17 season when he played 56 games. He looked washed then. Um, but I'm curious to see how he performs after a year off of not playing anything but 13 minutes for the Lakers last season. You know what? We need a 30 for 30 on that offseason with them. Like the, the, oh, that Lakers Goff, the oh, Mozgov yeah. and Ding signings. That will stand the test of time as the absolute weirdest things that have taken place. I mean, they sucked. Did they think they were going to get good if they signed Luol Deng and Mozgov to the contract? I mean, it's still so bizarre in retrospect. And obviously, those players did nothing there. I mean, not to harp on the Lakers because we're talking about the Bulls, but it's amazing how quickly things have turned around for them because that would be a death sentence for most teams to sign those contracts. And yet, because they're the Lakers and they play in Los Angeles, there's a massively quick turnaround. All right, so now Minnesota, Tibbs is going to have his old Bulls teams in there. I already thought that Towns, who cares about Wiggins? I already thought that Towns clearly was starting to resent that stuff. I said this on last year's podcast. You get the feeling that Jimmy Butler and Todd and Tibbs are kind of on one side. 
which is, you know, we're gamers, we're hard-nosed, we're tough, we bring it every night. And then there's Carl Anthony. Yeah, there's Carl Anthony (laughs) Towns, who's more of a passive guy, right? Play video games all night, like like me in in high school and college. (laughs) Yeah, right. And so now you're going to get, like, it's like strength in numbers. Tibbs can probably, (laughs) like, he can, like, stand in the locker room and be like, back when we were were playing, (laughs) right? He's he's talking about, like, old war stories, but he's got his guys in the locker room, right? (laughs) (laughs) They won. We won 60-something games, and we were, was it LeBron that was number one in the East? No, it was us. And Derek won the MVP. And tell them, Derek, you know, they're all like just sitting around talking about the old Bulls teams and talking about what a bunch of sissies the rest of these guys are <laughs> on the team. That's how it really feels. Like that he's just going to go out and get all these guys that used to play for him. You've seen this with other, you remember when, well, you may not remember, but Patino did this. He went and got all like all his old Kentucky players the Celtics. Steve Spurrier did it when he was trying to coach the Redskins. He went out and got, he went and got friggin' Danny Werfel for God's sakes. We've seen this with coaches. Get the guys that they're comfortable with or guys that they've won big with and get them around no matter what state they are in in terms of what they can do for the competition's sake. And the scary part for Minnesota, like right now, is that with their roster, guess who can become an unrestricted free agent next summer? Jimmy Bowler. Mm-hmm. And if he were to leave, then they're kind of right back to where they were before, except Andrew Wiggins will be due to be paid around $30 million and Carl Anthony Towns will be due for his rookie max extension without a lot more else to show on the roster. I think this team obviously has talent, Chris, don't they? They certainly have talent, but you need guys to elevate their game. You need Wiggins to become a more efficient scorer, become a better decision maker, be more consistent defensively. Carl Anthony Towns needs to be less passive offensively, and I think they need to feed him more too. There's a lot that needs to go right for this team this year for Jimmy Butler to want to stay in Minnesota. Yeah, the thing that scares me is that they were terrible without Butler. They do have talent. It's undeniable. They were bad without him, Kev. I mean, they hung on for dear life to stay in the playoffs. They were like a top four seed most of the season. Fell off quick. And when they lost Jimmy Butler, the whole thing fell apart. They weren't terrible, but they were worse. They were bad. I think they were around 500, if I remember correctly. They ended the season on that three-game win streak, which enabled them to get in the playoffs. They had to win that Jimmy game. Jimmy returned for those games, too. Right. They had to win that game against the Nuggets to be able to get there. Let me look. I'll tell you the record year. in a minute. Yeah, they went through a pretty bad. What was the top-out record? From February 24th to April 5th, those were the, the consistent dates Butler missed. They were 8-9. and nine. If you include the one game he played after the All-Star break, they were 8-10. and 10. They lost that game to the Rockets. That was his last game until April. So 8-10, and 10, below 500. They weren't horrible, but they were definitely way, way worse. And they lost a handful of games that they probably should have won or games that were too close. Like they, they lost to Memphis 101 to 93. They beat Dallas only 93 to 92. They had a lot of tough, close games and got blown out by Utah. They weren't good. Well, listen, a 500 team is the freaking 10 seed. Oh, of course. Exactly. Last year. You know what I'm saying? A 500 team is a 10 seed last year instead of what what we said. They were hanging out for dear life to be able to hold on to the eight. And at one point or for a pretty good amount of time, they were up there possibly as a home court advantage team. That's what makes the West so damn fascinating this year because the Lakers are obviously going to be way, way better. Grizzlies should be better than 22 wins with Gasol and Conley back. And everybody else should be kind of right around the same in terms of expectations. So, you know, it's like you're going to have 
10 to 12 teams that are all deserving of a playoff spot. It's going to be fascinating, that race. Come March and April. I'm excited. There, there's very few teams that are just totally out of it, right? You'd say the Kings Suns? Yeah, Kings. I'd put Mavericks in there, too. Okay, Mavs. King, yeah, I just don't think they're on that level. I think they could compete. I think you know, they could definitely compete if Devin Booker continues to elevate his play. They can compete, but they're not a playoff team. Those are the ones we would be, like, be totally stunned. Kings are at the bottom of the barrel in the West, maybe in the league for that matter. They got Marvin Bagley, though. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I threw you an alley you wondering if you'd, if you'd put it down. You didn't slam it in, but you, you kind of laid it up. <laughs> well, you slammed it in or you did something with this most underrated acquisitions oh, no. of the NBA article. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, you are the only person in the world caping for Dwight Howard. How is Kevin, it caping for him? Yeah, you are caping for him. Uh, because but this is why. Because the sub headline says Dwight Howard was a good signing by the Wizards. Seriously. Even yeah. though he has made now <laughs> four consecutive teams worse. The Lakers, the Rockets, the Hawks, and the and the uh don't call me Bobcat Hornets. The Lakers, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte have all gotten worse once okay. acquiring right. Dwight okay. Howard. Okay. You could take all these stats and you could throw them in the trash. I don't know how a player of his ability seemingly has made every team right. worse. It is like what Bill Simmons and Joe House called the Dwight Bola virus. And he's on House's yes. favorite team now. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, no. Okay. So on these teams that he made worse in the past, Lakers, he made 19.5 million. Rockets, he made up to 22.4 million. Hawks, he made 23.1 million. For the Hornets, he made 23.5. This season, he's making 5.3. 5.3 for a guy who is still a pretty good defensive player, still an elite rebounder, and still a guy who can finish around the rim quite efficiently. And maybe if he adapts his play to more, do more pick and roll, which we've been saying for five years, and he never has. But if he does now, when his wallet's getting hit, maybe this is the time where he's like, oh, shit. Like, I really do have to change my game to start making 20 plus million dollars again. Maybe Give this up is the, the what, dream, Kevin. Yeah, but it, 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 listen, listen, it's a $5.3 million gamble for a guy who has underperformed his contract the past four years and has been a pain in the ass for some of the locker rooms, but now he's a much less significant risk at $5.3 million. That's why he's, an, in my opinion, an underappreciated signing from this summer. He's worth the risk for a team that's been in the middle for the whole decade. Gives him a little bit more higher upside. No. I know. I know. I know. I know that's going to be the response. He, he makes him worse and he makes everybody we'll worse. See. We'll and see. that's the end of the deal. Who we'll was see. it that he just, who did he compare himself to? We'll see. When he's talking about hitting jumpers and stuff. And he yeah, was talking Kevin about, Durant and, and all that. I just ignore that. Those what do you mean you ignore <laughs> I think he's freaking Kevin Durant. You're talking about pick that, and that's, rolls. That's all talk, man. That's, <laughs> we'll see. I realize I realize I'm nitpicking here, nitpicking. <laughs> but the comment that was interesting to me in that article you're referencing is was when Howard himself said, "It's either evolve, adapt, or get left behind." But he doesn't understand how he needs to adapt. He thinks he needs to become like somebody who can bury jumpers. Listen, listen, that that's what his trainer said in the article. The quote from his trainer, Justin Zormella, was quote, "He wants to evolve into Anthony Davis and to Kevin Durant, but his own version of that." I don't. Oh my god! I don't know what the trainer meant. Oh my god! <laughs> Tra trainers oh my often god. have a way of hyping up their own players. It happens with every trainer, with the Instagram videos and all this stuff. 
I'm sure Zormello is just, you know, hyping up his guy with the good summer he feels like he's having. But that's not going to happen, obviously. Dwight Howard's not going to become that player. So it's not even worth entertaining. But if he's trying to evolve his game to You're extend his career. You're talking about a guy that's working with him all the time that is using his name in the same sentence with oh, Kevin come on. Why, how is that the focus? Dwight what? Howard's not a bad player. He's just been overpaid. Ever since he he was been gone from Orlando, pretty what much. What he gets paid has nothing yes, to do with does. the fact that he's made everybody worse. The money matters. How are you going to tell me the money doesn't matter? You just got done talking about Ryan Anderson makes twenty million dollars. Okay. If he made five million dollars, would you care? No, you wouldn't, because the money matters. You know, if he's playing all the time and he actively makes my team worse, he should be paying me. He should be paying the Wizards five million bucks. He's going to make oh them my worse. Goodness. What the hell? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't care what the guy gets paid if he makes me worse. I do care. Like I'm expecting him to play. Why for do you me, think right? Dwight Howard? I've real. I realize whether I he gonna, makes twenty five million or five million. Why do you think he's going to make the Wizards worse? Because he's made every friggin' team worse since Orlando. Literally every team, every team he's ever been on acquires him and becomes worse. Like at what point does that not become a reasonable expectation? What are we talking about here? Maybe they the will. Lakers got worse. You know the Houston Rockets got worse. The Atlanta Hawks got the worse. The Lakers get worse Charlotte- just because I can't believe I'm defending Dwight. Did they get worse just because of Dwight? Did the Rockets get worse just because of Dwight? The Hawks were already bad. The Hornets were already average. And the Wizards very well might continue to be average. Or maybe John Wall, Dwight Howard, maybe they clash. Who knows? But what we do know what the team was before, they were going nowhere. Nowhere. It's a calculated risk at only $5.3 million for a guy who is a good defensive center, an elite rebounder, and if he does just really just take it and just try to do more pick and roll, he could be really, really good in that role. He could be really good with John Wall. There's a chance he could work out with Dwight Howard. And I, have, and I haven't said that in the past. This is the first year I'm saying it. I am on the side, and I agree with the beloved Bob Ryan, who I watched one day on Around the Horn, say that Dwight Howard is the absolute Biggest waste of talent in NBA history. You know what? And that's how I open up the article. I I open up the article, the first sentence, I never cared for Dwight Howard, and I still don't. Because I think I agree with Bob Ryan that he, despite the fact that he's arguably had a Hall of Fame career, three-time defensive player of the year, eight straight all-NBA selections, the guy was amazing for some time. But even then, there's still more that he never gave, especially, you know, in playoff situations when Orlando made some of their runs. You needed more from Dwight, and he was, wasn't able to give it, right? And then, you know, we talk about him as a teammate, being a goofball. Early on in his career, it was kind of fun, but now it's not so fun. I'm with you, but for $5.3 million, that that's what matters here. And then the reason I think he makes teams worse is because I don't think he cares if he's losing. I don't. I think he's just a goofy, laissez-faire, whatever. He doesn't have that thing where he cares desperately if he wins or loses. And that has a... That has a big effect on teams, having a guy like that around all the time. And that's why I think he makes teams worse. I think that has a profound effect on people when you just go out there, get your stupid points and rebounds and get your ass kicked and then, you know, go on to the next game. So what? That's my biggest beef. And I do think that has a big impact on other players and it permeates a team. Because he's always been, I mean, he's a very accomplished player. He is. I can't take away, you know, his accomplishments. But I have seen absolutely no reason to believe that he cares about winning in a long time. 
And I think if you're going to have a big time player on your team that doesn't care about winning, it's a killer, an absolute killer. Anyway, I liked your other ones. One, one last thing on Dwight. Just, I'm not saying he's going to make the Wizards better, to be clear. I'm saying it's underappreciated because everybody's saying he sucks. He's not going to help. This is going to cause the Wizards to just be destroyed. What I'm saying is, well, maybe not. Maybe this could work out. There's a no. chance that it will. And no. I could end up looking silly. You will. I th- I, maybe I will. But I think there's a chance I could end up looking right here. No, it's not maybe. You're 100% <laughs> going to look silly. And this was a very dumb thing to well, write. I'm glad you like my other hey, ones. <laughs> hey, no, no. Well, this is what I liked about him. Because then I started to realize something. After I read through the Dwight Howard one, right? What I realized when I got to number two, Austin Rivers, is that you really sat down and think, okay, who do people hate the most? <laughs> and you said, all right, Dwight Howard. All right. Uh, ooh, I know Austin Rivers. <laughs> and you just and you're just gonna reel them off one by one. You're gonna say, yeah, people really hate this dude. All right, Austin Rivers yeah, is an yeah. underrated acquisition. Yeah. He is. And <laughs> I actually agree? have a higher opinion of Austin Rivers. Okay, cool. That's people. I think Austin Rivers is in a league that is not. There's not a plethora of. A good backup point guards, and I mean ones that you can put in the game when your starter is out and feel like you can still win. If you're just in a pinch like that, and you just need a guy to come out and run a pick and roll, I mean, I've seen Austin Rivers win games like that, and there have been stretches where he's been very good. I, I have a higher opinion of him. I've said this to you before. You can get I buckets. think if his name was Austin Jones, he would be viewed infinitely yeah. different. That sums it all up. That's yes. literally all you have to say about Austin yes. Rivers. If he did have a different last name, he'd be viewed completely differently. I liked the Yaka Portal. I liked Tyreek Evans. Pertle, somebody like nobody cares about. So nobody it, cares it went about from him. like two people people hate to somebody it's like, oh, Pertle. How do you how do you say his Portal? Portal? How yeah, do you say yeah, yeah. it rhymes with turtle? <laughs> Tyreek, obviously I covered him last yeah. season. It'd be interesting. I don't know how he's gonna fit with those other guys. What has befelled him? He was so good at the very beginning of the season. I would have loved to have seen him in the role that he'll play. He is not you don't want him to be your starting point guard. You just don't. But if he's the man on your bench unit, he is a devastating scorer like that, player like that, right? And it befelled him again where he just played on a losing team. He has always lost. He's just <laughs> over and over again, all losing. So at one point, I would like to see could Tyreek have a big season and play like he did last year and put up the numbers and the percentages playing for a good team. Because obviously Indiana should be good next year, right? They should be a good team. Yeah, they're going to be an entertaining team. I think he can, but it'll be interesting to see how he plays with everybody else because he just kind of had the ball whenever he wanted it and could do whatever he wanted to do. And you can't typically do that on good teams, oh, you no. know? And, you know, never mind with the ball handlers they have. Victor Oladipo, all-NBA player last season. Darren Collison, a solid point guard for them last season. Shot three really well. But, you know, with those guys, Oladipo, Evans, and Collison, and Corey Joseph, if he sticks around, we'll see. All those guys can play on and off the ball. So they have multiple ball handlers who can initiate the offense for you and give you different looks. I, I like the Tyreek Evans fit for them. People can go see the rest of the article, the most underrated NBA offseason moves by Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, it was good to catch up. I'm glad to hear you are doing so well, and I'll talk to you soon. The season is, what we got? I think we got two weeks till training camps. Boy, it's coming soon, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, two weeks till training camps and everything will get back cracking. Time moves by so quickly. 
Yep. I'll talk to you around the corner. Thanks, brother. It's going to do it for another Ringer NBA show. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will talk to you next week. Anyway.